I know that the uh, bulletin and the order of service announcements and things are put up first. Uh, they're put up on Saturday night or Sunday morning, I think, and I was looking, uh, thinking, oh, maybe the subject will stop people from coming today. But uh, if you're listening in, that's fine. <laughs> but <coughs> this is a subject that's probably one that's not touched on a whole lot, and if somebody does, then maybe they've got the wrong motive, a preacher does. But <coughs> are you a robber? Have you ever been robbed? You know, if I asked you, are you a robber? I don't think many of us would put our hands up, would we? But we'll ask the question, or ask yourself the question when we finish the sermon, okay? Having heard what was the word of God says, and see what you might answer then. But if you've been robbed before, maybe your house or something, a car, or someone's attempted to do it, you... you have certain feelings that come. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know, the campers, no worries. You can go in through their bedroom window and come into the house and rob them and they can't, don't even wake up. They must be sad. <laughs> no, that's what happened to them. <laughs> Someone must have known. <laughs> but uh, I remember I was putting two big batteries, they're big batteries in the D6, uh, <clears throat> at the Yakandanda tip where it was parked working there, cleaning that off once a week, years ago. And uh, there's a fellow, a greater driver from the Shire there, and he saw me, and he come over, I'll help you. <laughs> he helped me put them in, saw how they went in, and next week I went there and to start, wouldn't even turn on, what's wrong? And uh, battery's missing. And there's great big muddy footprints all the way out to where he'd walked in and walked out to take that. And I'm sure he's the only one that knew. Anyway... Um, you, you just feel like doing something <laughs> and accusing, but you, you can't unless you know the facts. And there's many ways in which we can rob or be robbed. Um, <clears throat> we wouldn't admit to, being, to doing that. We're still taking our subject from the wilderness wanderings and just after. If you go to Joshua chapter 6... There is a man that robbed God, and God was very serious about people that do this. And we see what happened to this man when he robbed God. He robbed God. Now, I'd, been, I'd read over it many times, but hadn't picked that one word up that comes in this story here. Chapter 6, verse 17 to 19 of the book of Joshua. Now, they've just gone into the land. They've just captured Jericho. And we read in verse 17, And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are in it, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that were sent. And ye in this, and ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed, Thing, lest ye make yourself accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and a trouble. And all the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron and are consecrated, consecrated unto the Lord, they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Down to verse 24. And it reads there, And they burned the city with fire and all that was in it, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron <clears throat> they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Go over to chapter 7 and verse 10 of Joshua and we read, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. You know, they had been defeated at Ai in between here and he was on his face um, wailing and lamenting that they'd lost the battle. What's going on, Lord? Why liest thou upon thy face? And then in verse 11, <clears throat> Israel hath sinned. They have also transgressed my covenant which I command them, for they have taken of the accursed thing and have also, what? Stolen. Stolen. There it is. 
and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. And neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Up and sanctify the people. This all happened because this man stole. Israel lost. Israel lost 36 men that day. And probably husbands. And uh, wives lost their husbands. Children lost their fathers. Because this man had sinned. He had stolen from the treasury of the Lord. That's where these things were to be put. Except for the Babylonish garment. The gold, the silver and that were to be kept for the treasury of the Lord. And the consequences were dire. And, and we think we can go through life and think that's all okay. <laughs> uh, we, we steal from different things as we will notice in a minute and think it's okay and it's not. He took of the cursed thing. If we start with the wrong premise we'll end with the wrong conclusion. For instance what's mine is mine and it's nothing to do with God. I earned it. I worked for it. <laughs> Who owns what you have? Who owns your children? Who owns you? Ye are not your own. You are brought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. And so we are broadening the basis for the areas we can steal from when we say that. (laughs) We are stewards of ourselves and our possessions. And if you want to read about stewardship, it would be good to read all these verses, but there's just not time. This morning in Luke 16, it talks about the, the, the steward that was not a good steward. And then he was to be delivered to the judge and he's probably going to be thrown into prison. But he went out <clears throat> and got people to pay what they owed him money so that he could pay his bill and become a better steward. And the Lord commended the steward for doing that. You read it in Luke 16. Now, Achan here in our story in Joshua Though he took it from the dead citizens of Jericho, actually he took it from God. Today we'll look at who, how and when and maybe where we may be unwittingly committing physical and spiritual robbery against. What does it say in the commands of the Lord? There are ten there, the Decalogue, the commands that were given. Thou shalt not... What's the seventh one? Steal. Thou shalt not steal. That's against you. We we commonly think, well, that's against people. We can steal what they have. Let's pray and ask the Lord to guide us and our thoughts and our anger, (laughs) if that comes up. Um, And uh, pray that we might be molded to what his thoughts are from his word. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word, and it very much deals with the subject today. Lord, we can steal from God. We can steal from one another. We can steal from other sources as well. And I pray, Lord, if we have done this, that you would rebuke our hearts this morning from your word. And, Lord, this it's not against others that people might be angry. It, it was against God and his principles and his word that we could be angered this morning and upset. And Lord, thank you for providing all of our needs. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for dying on the cross that we might have eternal life. And Lord, we can count that as an unholy thing and we can trample on the sacrifice of Christ and count it as an unholy thing. Even there we're robbing from God. I pray, Lord, that you'd see the, help us to see the big and broad spectrum of areas where we may be offending unwittingly, unknowingly, and ignorantly today, and that we might rectify those when your spirit points them out. Lord, be with those that cannot be here today, and Lord, strengthen them, encourage them, and Lord, that they may be able to be listening in this morning to your word. And Lord, if they're not doing that, that they may be in fellowship in a place where other believers are gathered together in your name. Bless, may your name be exalted and your word honoured today in Jesus' name. Amen.
<clears throat> Remember the Pharisees? Did they give? Yep. They, they, they even went down to the common and the little tiny things, they, a tenth part of that, a tenth part of this. and they, see, they thought they were so right, but they were so wrong because as Troy mentioned this morning, it's the attitude of the heart with which they gave it. Remember the lady that come to the treasury? You know, the other people were casting in their huge amounts and she gave her, was it two mites? Into the treasury. And the Lord said she gave more than all everybody <laughs> because she gave everything. <laughs> she gave everything. And that's what God wants of his children, is it not? <laughs> well, first of all, let's look at the thought we can rob the government. We can rob the government. I don't think any of us have ever been to the Treasury. We were there actually a few months ago where they do the, where they do the not the Treasury, but where the Mint, where they print the, the money and do that. <clears throat> and they had different things and different stories about that. But we, we wouldn't be thought of as going there and stealing from the government. But there are other ways we can do that. In Romans 13 and verses 6 and 7, you can read the verses before, but and they build to this point. For this cause we pay tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their Jews, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to, fear, to whom fear, and honour to whom honour. <clears throat> it is so in America right now that those people that didn't vote... Um, or did vote for Mr. Trump and didn't vote for the Democrats are really upset and they want to dodge giving their dollars to Mr. Biden. And I've read whole heaps of articles about that and the attitude a Christian should have. Who put, who allowed Mr. Biden to be elected? God did. God exalts, God puts down. And uh, the, the, Readings I've been reading about said it's right that Christians still pay their taxes and don't try to dodge the money. And they went through the Bible and one of these, these verses are ones that they brought up. This cause, this is the cause you pay tribute also. They are God's ministers. <clears throat> if you check out, and you can do it pretty easily these days, it doesn't take long, you can just whatever, Google it, <laughs> and find out where the money is spent these days that the government gets in our country. 15% on education, 23 on health care, 19% on pensions, 6% on welfare, 12% on defence and 25% on other things. That's what they put down there. So, <clears throat> how did you get here today? You got in a car. What did you drive on? Bitumen roads. Who put the drains under the roads and all the pavement <laughs> and all those things? The government from the taxes. It's a lot of things. You turned a tap on the water run out this morning. Why? Because you, you are hopefully are paying your taxes or your dues for those things. You know, electricity, all those things are benefits we have. Go to a country, ask Brother Juma, go to a country where these things are not and try to live and see how it would be. Then I think you might come and say, I will pay my taxes because it does keep these things running. We can rob the government by diddling with our books <laughs> and that goes on a lot I know people that earn hundreds of thousands of dollars in business and pay no taxes surely their conscience must, must get to them you know they say well I've got legitimate reason look at all these reasons I can declare this and declare, and all these things and, and take it as a deduction when they are very their conscience should be pricking them <laughs> that you know, you live in a society where these things are provided for us and if it wasn't for the taxes, we wouldn't have them. Be thankful that we have an organised society still as we have. Pray for the quad that's just been organised too. India, um, <clears throat> America, Australia and Japan. The, the four nations that are getting together, the, the capitalist nations they call them, that they might counter forces from China and the things they're trying to do. Um, <clears throat> but we can rob the government and we can put things... Uh, and really, we're robbing from God in that because he has said not to do that. We can rob from God by taking the taxes that other people pay and using it to live on all the time. 
You know who I'm talking about. And that's wrong too. Now, do you want to leave yet? Or do you want to keep going? <laughs> There's heaps of other points where we can rob what God has rightfully instituted and we should be obeying. Let's look at the second one. And, and the reference to living on other people's <clears throat> Um, taxes and things would be referred to Second Thessalonians 3, 6 to 15. And there's a lot of people doing that. And some people are not doing it because they want to do it. It's because they've had to do it because of last year's events, COVID and all that. And uh, pray that God gives them and meets their needs because there's a lot of people going to lose their houses. It hasn't hit yet, the effects of last year's um, <clears throat> benefits and losses. We can rob other churches. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 7 and 9. And Paul literally said it. I have, have I committed an offence in abusing myself, or sorry, in abasing myself, that ye might be exalted because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely. Who is he talking to? The Corinthian church. The Corinthian people were in a very rich society. I robbed, he said, I robbed other churches taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man for that which was lacking to me, the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied. And if you read about that, they were poverty-stricken in Macedonia. And here was Paul taking from a very poor place and church to give to the Corinthians, whom he didn't charge. He knew their attitude was, we're not going to pay you, this, you know, what spiritual thing's worth. Folks, what is eternal life worth to you? I think we should nail it down. What is eternal life worth to you? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The whole world. What are we willing to pay for those that minister? For spiritual matters. They're, they're the utmost important thing about life. And I think we should get it in its right perspective. When Paul wanted, he wasn't chargeable to any of those. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren who came from Macedonia, supplied... And in all things I have kept myself from being a bird, birdsome to you, and so I will keep myself. You say, well, he's a very proud man to say something like that. <laughs> Speaking of Paul, he worked so that he didn't have to uh, take collections or money from them and uh, not be a burden to them. And he said, I'm going to keep doing that because he knew how they might have responded. We can rob other churches. By not paying visiting preachers, by not paying the evangelist, by not paying missionaries, because other churches have to take up the tab, as we say. Now, I'll say something I haven't said before, and maybe I'll regret saying. <laughs> when the church has visiting preachers here, I am embarrassed at times about how much we give them. And I, out of the ministry account, add up the difference. Now, I'm not trying to boast, but that's what happens now and then when I am embarrassed to give them what the church does. We're robbing others to do that ministry. You know, evangelist comes past, we, we give so much, but consider the expense of some of the evangelists or how far they've come, the aeroplane tickets or whatever. And consider that they go back having to foot the bill somehow and pay half the expenses for coming here. You know, God knows what's going on here. God knows what's happening. Do you count the things that are given to you spiritually as a blessing. Do you count eternal life as a blessing? Then we should be glad, as it says, hilariously giving to the Lord's work. 
Yes. <clears throat> Churches with missionaries, pastors, or working pastors need to take up their responsibility. And there's a lot of those around Australia, a lot of working pastors that have to work. And um, and, and I'd advise them to. It, it's, it is partly biblical, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's there in the... The apostle, the apostle Paul worked. And if it's needed to, then do it. Uh, if you're a preacher or planning to be a pastor. You think of a young person today looking at going into ministry. And, you, 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 and, and if they think it through, they look around at all the other people, their peers, and they've got training and they've got a, you know, education from, the, from university or whatever, and they're going to go out and they're going to get rich. But the guy that's going to look at being a pastor, at the end of it all, how's he going to come out? You think through our missionaries. What's, what are they going to have when they have to retire because they will get old or they will get sick? What are they going to live on? What are they going to have? But we will keep to ourselves that which we could share with them and help them in that time. And there are a few retiring missionaries consider them we can rob we'll move on to the next one we'll move off that one we can rob our parents <clears throat> by our disobedience Ephesians 6 talks about what children obey your parents it doesn't say if this and if that no it just says obey your parents <laughs> by our disloyalty by our disobedience by our disrespect we can rob our parents in Deuteronomy 21, verse 18, there's a solution to this disobedience and this disloyalty, but we don't do it today. <laughs> you read about it, and I think these references are all in the outline there. If it's not, Deuteronomy 21, 18 and 21. If parents have a stubborn son who refuses to do what he needs to do in the home and pull his weight, then he's to be taken out to the city before the people and they were to stone him to death that you might put away sin out of your midst. Wow, that sounds like other religions we know. <laughs> but, hey, that's what it says in the Bible. And, and th things have changed, haven't they? We have disrespect and disloyalty and disobedience from children, and they're robbing their parents. They're robbing them of sleep through their attitudes and actions. They're robbing them of sanity by their misdeeds. They're robbing their parents of their substance by living off them and not chipping in. They're robbing their parents of strength by not <coughs> pitching in around the home, doing the dishes, doing the lawns, doing the chores around the home. You know, my chores were different to a lot of people's chores. Milk the cow, feed the cows the hay, rain, hail or sunshine, you know, <coughs> Get the firewood in, cut the firewood. It's, it's all those things we did when we were kids. And uh, it, it taught us a lot of things. <laughs> it taught us to, to work, to put our hand to it, to pitch in. This thing works as we work together as a family. So are you robbing your parents? We can rob our spouse. Let's turn to this one because it's not often spoken about in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And this is just a few of the ones I thought of and scripture come to mind. It didn't take long. But there are a host of other ways in which we can be robbers. Are you a robber? 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 to 5, it reads, And let the husband render to the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife to the husband. Talking to married couples. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body but the wife. Doesn't the scripture speak very discreetly about some very um, embarrassing subjects? <laughs> you, you read that and you start thinking about what it's talking about. It goes on and says in verse 5, Defraud ye not one another, except ye be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your in continency for your lack of restraint and this is a what couples in marriage are instructed to do 
Here it says husbands and wives can defraud one another. That's robbery. That's robbery. And if you want your marriage to go right, then stop robbing each other of due benevolence in a physical relationship. That's as far as we'll go on that. But it's in the Bible. And we wonder why some marriages fall apart. Maybe it's because of their they're defrauding one another. Let's go to the next one. We can rob our children. You say, well, they haven't got anything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they, they come as dependents, your dependents. They depend on you for their food and supplies and their needs. It tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, we read, 1 Timothy 5.8 But if any, if any provide not for his own, in other words, he's robbing his own, his own family, it's talking about, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. That's what it says, is it not? <laughs> Parents that do not provide for their children are worse than an infidel. And we are robbing our children. We might be robbing them. Let me point a few areas out. Not just of a physical needs, but we can be robbing them of time. If we don't spend time with our children and training and teaching them, it says it in the scripture when you rise up, when you sit down, when you go to bed and all the other areas, that's time. And time is valuable to a lot of us. If you've got a job, a high paying job, you know, and <clears throat> off we go to work and leave them there. We've robbed them of time. I know families that have provided for their children financially and the physical needs, but they don't give that needed time that these children need. If you can't spend time with them to know them individually, then you need to make time because every one of them is different. Don't leave, abandon the children to raise themselves. If you have too many children, you won't have the needed time to spend to get to know the children. You know, people come at me with that. <clears throat> Onanism, it's called. You might not have heard of that. You can study it if you want to. But over in a certain town in our country, there was a lot of families, even pastors had heaps of children. Go looking with, find those children today. Where are they? The parents didn't have time to spend with them, to train them and to teach them. There was too many and they were too busy to do it. And the consequences are disastrous. We can rob our children of that and we need to be thinking that. If you have children, whose responsibility are they? Are they the oldest child's responsibility? No. <laughs> no. They're your responsibility. They're your privilege. God gave them to you to raise. Raise them. Now, I'll probably, if people are going to listen to this and other pastors, they'll be crook on me for this, but I'm going to say it because it's true. It's Bible. You spend that time with them in Proverbs 13:22 a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just a good man leaveth his inheritance to his children's children that spiritual inheritance says way how to live it it's, it can be a financial as well second corinthians 12:14 says this behold the third time i'm now ready to come to you. He's, he got a problem with these Corinthians. They had a problem with him. He's the third time I'm coming to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours but you. I don't want your stuff. I want you to be dedicated to God. For the children, and this is a principle he uses here, for the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. There's the principle. The children shouldn't be paying the way for the parents, and, and, and even in old age, the children shouldn't be doing that, but the parents for the children. There's a principle you need to get in your mind, mums and dads. It's your responsibility. 
It's your responsibility to train, to teach, to rise early, to during the day and night to do things for the children. Don't rob your children. It's unbiblical. And God knows. You see, all these things and the final day in 1 Corinthians 3 on the day of reward will be sorted out. And they'll all be put on the fire to try what sort of works you've done. But I need to, as a pastor, remind you that this is your responsibility. This is ours, Christians' responsibility. We can rob our siblings, our brothers and sisters. Joseph's brothers did that, did they not? They robbed his coat, they robbed his life, they robbed his liberty. They took away his childhood. They took away his parents, or parent. But he, you know what? He didn't hold it against them, did he? When it all come down to it and they said, now Dad's died, Jacob's died, he's going to get us because he's got authorities in Egypt. And, and Joseph said, no, God meant it for good. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God's worked the plan out. But <clears throat> they did rob their brother. How many people I know who have testified to me about being robbed of their inheritance in the family. And this is going on all the time in our society where people, siblings, have, and you wouldn't think they would do it. They're your brothers and sisters for crying out aloud. <laughs> but they take what was coming to you for themselves. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I, can, I know people sitting here that that has happened to and families it has happened to. At one time, I could count eight in this church where siblings had taken your inheritance. And it's, it's disgraceful. And they think they've got away with it. And they haven't. Payday hasn't come yet. <laughs> That's up there. Yeah, we can rob them. And um, personally, having experienced some of this, I was, you know, thinking as I'm reading through Scripture at times. Let's turn to Luke chapter 12. And I was a bit deflated with the answer that the Lord gave here when I read this. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 13, we read this. And one of the company said unto him, Master. Now, the Lord's been teaching about false doctrine. And this guy was off with the fairies. No, he was off with thinking about what his problem was, not what the Lord was teaching. And he just come out with this. He said, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Okay, it's talking about inheritance. And he said unto him, Man, who made me judge or a divider over you? Who said that? Jesus said that. Who made me a judge over your uh, Dividing of the inheritance. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of the covetousness of a man's life, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that he possesses. So he, he turned it round on this guy who'd lost his inheritance, his brothers were taking it from him, and said, I'm not dividing the inheritance. And, and he said, By the way, in that answer in verse 15, you're coveting. <laughs> you're coveting that which God hasn't allowed you to have. And then he spoke about a parable in verse 16 and following about the rich fool. You know, it's all, it, the Lord changed the subject to the, what the man was thinking about and, and inquiring about there. <clears throat> a parable of the rich fool follows. Speak to my brother that he may divide, divide, divide the inheritance. And the Lord's answer is given right through to the end of that chapter almost. Well, to verse 34. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. <clears throat> so, if you've been involved, and I don't know of anyone here, so I can say this freely, and if you, but if you have been, if you've been involved in stealing your siblings, your brothers and sisters' inheritance, you need to wake up to yourself and get right before you die and pay it back. And the next one, I don't know if I put that one in. We can rob <clears throat> others by declaring ourselves bankrupt. 
See, in our society, we can do that. We can make wrong decisions, we can get loans, and we can get other people to do work for us and be irresponsible in the way we run the business and we can declare ourselves bankrupt. Now, those people that you've used and abused, really, by using them to do work and then not pay them, somehow they have to foot that bill. And sometimes that can be tens of thousands of dollars. What should a person do? Well, wait for the year of Jubilee where everyone has to forgive everyone their debts. <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> ah, no. I think a person in that situation who declares themselves bankrupt should, in time, when they get on their feet again, pay it back with interest. <laughs> because I think it's very wrong. Yeah, because it's happened to me. You know, people have declared themselves bankrupt and I didn't get paid. You have to foot the bill. And they think they've got away with it. And these people that do that and then put it in another name and start another company, they can do it five years later and go and, and do it again and just rip people off. It's wrong. And Christians shouldn't have nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with doing that. They ought to be so convicted of the Lord to pay it back. We can rob God of his day of worship. Leviticus, over in the book of Leviticus. <clears throat> chapter 26 and verse 32. And this is, this is serious. Robbing God of his day of worship. Where we can honour him and give him worship due to his name throughout our life. And here is the children of Israel in verse 32 of 26. And I will bring the land into desolation and your enemies who dwell therein shall be astonished at it. And I will scatter you among the heathen and I'll draw out the sword after you and your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbaths as long as it lieth desolate and ye are in, in your enemies' lands. Even then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbaths. As long as it lieth desolate, it shall rest, because it did, it did not rest in your Sabbath when ye dwelt upon it. What it's saying here is Israel was to worship the Lord on Saturday. They didn't, and so God took them to Babylon for 70 years to pay back the Sabbath to the land and you, you work that out that's about 600 years they didn't give God worship on the day they should have given him worship <clears throat> because 50, 52 Sabbaths in a year and you work that out into how many years they were in Babylon and it works out to 600 years that they did not do what they should have done God is patient isn't he <laughs> God wants us to commit a day, I believe, and other times to him, to worship him. He is, he is due that. He is God. <laughs> and we ought to worship him. If we don't, we don't understand who God is. And the reverence is due to his name. We don't bow before him and give him that worship. If you want to know how it goes, read the book of Revelation and see the creatures and see the elders and the people worshipping God in the book of Revelation and the worship that they give to him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and honour and glory and power and all the other names that are given there due to the Lord ought to be given him. Well, <clears throat> We can rob God. The last one, Malachi, that we read in our reading this morning, and it uses the word rob here. This is why we finish with this one. Will a man rob God? Ye have robbed me, God said. But ye say, wherefore, wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole generation. Bring the tithes into the storehouse. You see... <clears throat> 
We could talk about that and we'll, in conclusion, mention it again. How have we robbed God? Oh, yes, we have robbed. We haven't robbed the vault of heaven. We haven't gone there and robbed his vault because we can't get there. <laughs> Let's just briefly mention a few. We can rob God by not giving him our talents. Because it tells us in Matthew 25 and verse 14 to 30, to 30 that if we have five talents, was it two talents or one talent, we need to multiply those. We need to use them for him, not for me. And this society we live in, secular society, is not thinking that way at all. We have to readjust the way we think to what the Bible says. Give him your talents. What have you and I that we did not receive? Did you have any input into the talents and abilities you've got? No. They're God-given. I say we ought to give them back to him and use them for his glory. Secondly, we can rob God by not giving our time. Time is a precious commodity to us all. And I recognise that fact. And I'm looking at the time now and I can't see it anymore. <laughs> but <clears throat> I don't want to rob you of your time. But we can rob God of our time. It tells us in Ephesians 5 and verse 15 to 17 there about redeeming the time because the days are evil. And we need to count our and number our days psalm 90 tells us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to understanding use time as a gift of god every day is another gift that gives you another day to do something for his glory <laughs> so teach us to number our days psalm 40 i believe that references there james 4 talks about it too other books do we can rob god by not giving him glory and recognition and I mentioned this Revelation 4 verses 8 to 11 where they are giving him the glory and folks in eternity we will be we will be giving him the honor and glory that we ought to be giving him down here I think we should become like Enoch he was not for God took him he got so close to it in his walk with God and Troy was sort of mentioning this this morning in the adult class. You know, we, we need to have the right attitude in our worshipping God, not just the outward, but the inward. The heart of the matter is the, a matter of the heart, is it not? Last Sunday night with Brother Talbot. Yes, give him glory. Give him recognition. We can rob God by not serving him. How do we do what the Bible tells us to do in Matthew six nineteen through to 21, it says, lay up treasures in heaven. How can we lay up treasures in heaven? By serving him. By serving him. We can deplete the vaults of heaven by not laying up treasures in heaven. And the rewards and the things that we lay up there, the crowns and rewards that we could have cast at his feet, we won't be able to because we will have few, if not none, of those things to give him back because we have not laid up treasures in heaven. Now's the day to lay up the treasures. There's coming a day when labor ceases, when we die, no more opportunity to do that. Do it now. I, I, I recommend you to do this. This is what God wants of his people and by not giving him our tithes, another way to rob God. And this is what Malachi says right there. <clears throat> In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, it talks about giving. And it talks about grace giving. Let me just pull a few verses from there. And I believe in grace giving. It's the grace of God that's been bestowed upon us. We should graciously give back to him. In chapter 8 and verse 2, how that in, great, in a great trial of affliction, abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. That is, poor people give more than rich people. That's what it says there. <laughs> they were poor, but they abounded in their liberality of giving to the Lord. And verse 6 of chapter 8, insomuch that we desired Titus that as he 
had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace, the grace of giving also. That he would, Titus would teach them the importance of giving to the Lord's work. And verse 7, Therefore as ye abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, talking of the Corinthians, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this what? Grace. This grace, the grace of giving. How gracious has God been to us? Amazing grace we see. <laughs> He's been wonderfully gracious to us. In his mercy he doesn't destroy us. In his, grace, in his grace he gives us what we don't deserve. We have heaven for eternity. We've been forgiven of our sins. If he has been gracious to us, let's practice the grace of giving to him and his work. In verse 9, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. What a great example of the grace of God to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. I've said this once before, I say it again. What if God adjusted your wage, your income, to how much you give? You think about that for a minute. I don't want your stuff. God has met our needs. And if it doesn't get met through the church, God will raise up some other means. But what if God multiply what you give? And I've got a little book. I found it the other day because I've stopped doing it and recording how much I gave way, way, way back for 40 or 50 years. And I added it all up. I thought, hmm, I've got to have another house or two. <laughs> but it's been given to the Lord's work. If you take, okay, let, let's make it so it's, you give $10 a week. I hope you don't just give $10 a week. <laughs> if you give $10 a week, if you're a little child at a, you know, working a little job, you may only give $10 a week. And God says, okay, I'll give you 10 times more than that. So you get 100 Is that your wage? <laughs> or if you get 100 and I'll multiply that by 10, and you get $1,000 a week, you see? Work it out that way. If God adjusted your wage by what you give, what would it be like? I think we should practice the grace of giving. God knows. I don't have to know. You know, I say this to someone listening in because I haven't been here. Their initials are RP. I think I know who it is. They're on the nullable right now. <laughs> Thanks for giving. I can just say that. And uh, praise the Lord that God moves hearts. Tony probably has had a guess at that too. <laughs> but because, and Catherine Troy, you know, the, those who are doing the finances, these things come up. And so praise the Lord for people that give. And praise God that you are giving and that the church is still operating and the church is still functioning and the missionaries are still on the field. And I'm not just going to berate you all the time. Thank God for those that give. But God knows how much. We need to repent and pay retribution, pay back. I've learned from a lifetime of experience, don't expect God to give even when you give everything. Did you hear that? Even when you give everything, don't expect God to give in this life necessarily. He may, he may not. I take, for example, what God allowed to happen to Job. He was a giver, and he helped his society. He helped his, the people he lived with. He employed people. He did a lot. But God allowed it all to be taken away. And uh, he had the right attitude. You know, though you slay me, I will still give you the glory. <laughs> That's the complete opposite to the prosperity gospel that we hear so much about today. <clears throat> the Bible also tells us that he reaps where he sows not. He reaps where he sows not. Consider all those in, a, in Hebrews chapter 11, like Isaiah, who was sawn asunder in a log. 
He'd given his life. He'd given all. Think of Jeremiah thrown into the miry pit for preaching and teaching the truth. He gave everything. And he he said, I'm going to zip my mouth and I'm not going to talk again because the reaction I get when I preach the truth is is terrible. (laughs) But he said, the word of God was in my bones like a fire and I couldn't but speak. I had to speak. And so don't expect God to give you even when you give all. Psalm 73 is a good chapter to read if you're discouraged about what God, what you think God is not doing in your life. And lastly, one more reference. Let me read Luke 17, some verses from here, three verses in verse 7. <clears throat> this is what the Lord said, But which of you, Luke 17, 7, But which of you having a servant plough, ploughing or feeding cattle, will say to him when he has come from the field, he's worn, he's tuckered out, he's, he's had it. <laughs> he's been following that plough all day. Go and sit down and eat. The master doesn't say that. Will not he rather say unto him, make ready that which I may sup? And you, <laughs> this servant can say, you lazy, and he could say whatever he wanted to his boss. He'd, he'd probably get stoned for doing it. But you've been sitting down all day and I've been working out in the paddock all day and you want me to serve you with a meal? Let's read on. Gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. (laughs) Doth he thank that servant because he did that thing which were commanded of him? I trow or I think not. So ye also when ye shall have done all these things which are commanded you say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. So in the end of it all, we are serving an almighty, sovereign God. His will be done. It was our duty to serve him anyway. And so even if he doesn't seem to give, be like the faithful ones in Hebrews 11, the last half of that chapter, and and just do what's right no matter what. And the Lord will recompense in his time. He will give, as it were, the golden handshake in a day to come. So keep on keeping on and doing what's right. No matter if the world says the very opposite and churches all over the place say the opposite. Be faithful. Don't rob God. Don't rob others. And you're going to make that application in so many areas of your life. And as I said this morning... You know, this might be a hard thing to receive, but it's in the Bible. It's in the Word. And we all have to stand before the Lord one day, and I'd rather you stand before him knowing and having done the truth than not knowing and being ignorant and then still be judged for your ignorance of what you didn't do. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your Word. Thank you, Lord, for those that give and keep giving. And give until it hurts. Thank you, Lord, that you gave. (laughs) You gave your only begotten Son. You gave us eternal life through him. And anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've given us this planet. You've given us this country. You've given us our families. You've given us health. You've given us the jobs we have. Lord, we owe all to you. And I pray that we'll recognize this fact and be willing to give back that which you graciously gave to us. And in grace we do it. With joyful hearts we give to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for these warnings and these instructions. I pray that we take heed in Jesus' name.